magazine or book. There's books for him and books for her and books for you and me. You'll find good books for everyone at your library. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lawrence Library. I am your host, Lauren, and I am here to ramble about book stuff. So grab a seat, grab some coffee, grab a blanket, grab the steering wheel if you're driving, because I will not be paying for your accidents, and get comfortable, because we have a lot to talk about. And if you're new here, just wanted to give a special hello to you. Thank you for popping in. Now that you're here, you can't leave. Sorry, those are the rules. So here on episode 12 of Lawrence Library, we'll be talking about hockey romance versus real life and worst lines in romance. And then we'll have the second installment of Retribution, which was the story from last episode. So take a few seconds to gather yourself. I'll wait for you. I promise. Okay, so book talk is a lawless place. And I keep saying this. One wrong move and they will come after you with pitchforks and torches. It's also a place where I learn all of the book drama. And I get some recommendations for some good books that I wouldn't have found otherwise. So, I mean, it has its place, but mostly it's terrifying. <laughs> so if you've ever been on book talk or, I mean, even on Facebook, to be honest. Um, about a year ago, there was a girl named Kiara Lewis. That went viral after reading a Colleen Hoover book and working herself up so badly that she was sobbing and quite literally screaming and spitting into the camera. I can't remember which book it was, but she had posted a video when she first started literally yelling about how much she loved it. Then later on came back with a video of her crying, saying how it broke her heart and she hadn't even gotten to the epilogy, as she called it, because she mispronounced epilogue. Colleen saw it stitched her video, and I think she's been gaining popularity ever since. There have been so many times that I've seen her videos where she is screaming, like I said, into the camera about how much she loves the book, which is fine. I honestly had to back away from her recommendations and her videos in general because, she, like I said, she'd be yelling a lot, and I'm the kind of person, like, if you you start screaming a whole bunch after a while, I'm like, all right. I'm good on you. Like I need to take you in spurts and small doses because all this screaming gives me a headache. But you know, that's just me as a person. That's not saying she's a bad person at all, but I followed her at first. Like I said, cause I thought she was amusing. But after a while, I just I stopped taking her wreck seriously because I noticed like a blaringly obvious lack of diversity in her reading. A lot of her books were like mainstream white authors, which is fine, but I mean, after a while, like, come on, girl, read something else, you know? So it seems like a lot of other black book talkers notice the same. And allegedly, when they would make a joke about it or comment on her stuff about it, they'd get blocked. Allegedly. This is just what I'm seeing on videos that I've watched. Don't come for me. Okay, thanks. Um, anyway, she currently sits at 1.1 million followers. People love her. It's a specific kind of people. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's a real specific type of demographic that really seems to love her the most. But, I mean, we'll get into that. I've seen her 
um, with a lot of famous authors. Like I've seen her twerking on Geneva Rose, who is the author of Perfect Marriage, my most hated book. Um, she also wrote, you shouldn't have come here and one of us is dead. And I think she wrote some others. I don't know, but after one of us is dead and the perfect marriage, I kind of gave up on her. So it is what it is. She might've written some, something else. I don't know. So like I said, there's a certain demographic that seems to love her more than others, which I mean, if that, that's fine. If that's the lane that you want to choose for yourself, doesn't make me lose any sleep at the end of the day. Do what makes you happy, I guess. However, what seems to be currently happening is that Kiara allegedly became a fan of hockey after reading a few hockey romance novels and her attention seems to be mainly focused on the Seattle Kraken. I am not a hockey fan so I had no idea who the Seattle Kraken was before this so I mean shout out to her teaching me something new I guess. She turned the popular phrase break my back into crack my back in reference to the team that is full of conventionally attractive white men. Again, totally fine. Uh, I mean, like what person hasn't developed a crush on an athlete or a celebrity of some sort at some point in their life? Like, come on, it happens. I get it. The issue began, however, when she started making sexually suggestive videos about them, asking them to plug all three of her holes. Barf. Um, the Seattle Kraken caught wind of this and they kind of started playing into it. For a little while, their TikToks began focusing on the attractiveness of the players. They would make the references to the crack my back phrase and they even flew her out to see one of their games in person and gifted her a jersey with book talk on the back, which is cool. Good for you. You know, became uncomfortable with the comments that Kiara and others were leaving on the team's videos. And as a result, the wife posted a story using a screenshot of the comments where she left Kiara's name completely visible and talked about how it was all fun and games at first, but she crossed the line. Now it was weird and it made her and her family uncomfortable. From what I saw, Kiara DM'd her and apologized, saying that she would take the videos down if she wanted, but the wife did not respond. I just want to put that out there. If y'all don't follow each other, those DMs are probably in the request folder and there's a good chance she may not have seen them. Maybe she did see them and just decided not to answer. That's totally her choice. That's her prerogative. But, you know, I just want to put out there there's a good chance that the, the messages are just sitting, festering in the request folder. So, But allegedly, Kiara gets upset and she keeps making videos about the situation, responding to comments and crying, quite literally, about the unfairness of it all. I don't know this girl personally, but I have seen her cry more times than anyone else in my life. <laughs> just Jesus. But um, she was saying that she didn't understand the boundary at first, because since the wife had said that she thought it was funny at first, like Kiara didn't understand why it was an issue now all of a sudden. And she got on live and called the wife a delusional B word. And I'm going to say B word because we don't cuss up here. Okay. As of right now, I don't think there are any updates to that situation. And I think the player's name is Alex Winberg, Weinberg, something like that. I don't know. Not really sure what the wife's name was. I don't remember, but clearly the last name is Weinberg, Winberg, something, something. So this story has me wanting to bring up a few points. One, as black people, especially ones with a wide platform, do we become solely responsible for promoting and sharing work from authors who are black and other people of color? 
Like, are we not allowed to read or consume works from white authors? Are we only allowed to promote black people? My answer to that question is, I mean, while we shouldn't be talked down to for reading and liking mainstream authors, I do think that you should be mindful of what you talk about on your platform. Like you have millions upon millions of followers and like, you have the perfect platform to shed light on like some less than popular black authors or some new indie authors. Like you have the potential to skyrocket their entire career, but instead it seems like you're focusing on the white authors that are mainstream that really don't need your backing. You know, am I making some sense? Like I just, I don't know. Some black book talkers and book reviewers or whatever, influencers if you will choose to only promote black content which is completely fine i support that i also support reading what you like to read but branching out and trying authors you wouldn't normally try is how you expand and grow and i will admit you know myself that i was reading mostly traditionally published authors and white authors for a little while there but i grew i learned i changed i'm better now But no, really, I ended up, you know, branching out and trying authors of color and ended up finding some of my favorite books that I never would have found otherwise. So I just want to encourage her to be diverse. Diversity is important. There are so many black stories and like stories from people of color that are out there that could totally use your influence and your audience. And I just, I don't feel like you're really getting the most out of your platform. That's just me. You know, don't listen to me. Don't have me telling you what to do with your, your life. (laughs) Read what you want to read at the end of the day, but I do think it's something to consider. And I also want to point out that when someone expresses a boundary, you don't get to tell them how dumb it is. That was one of my issues with this entire situation. Yes. The wife admitted that she thought it was funny at first, But then when she expressed it, it became like too much and it became weird and started to make her uncomfortable. Like that's when Kiara got upset. People are fully allowed to change their minds. And it doesn't really matter what someone says beforehand. Like if they think one thing or they say one thing at first and then they grow or they experience something or heck, if they just decide to change their minds, like that is well within their right. You don't get to tell them that they're dumb because they did it. Like, to discredit the boundaries in order to try and place the guilt on someone else or absolve yourself of the guilt. That's not really the way to go. I also want to point out, and I want to say this carefully because there are those that I know are going to complain and going to be like, why do you make everything about race? You people always make everything about race. Whenever someone relates a situation back to it. So if you're one of those people, kindly skip to the next section or cover your ears until you hear the section break. Okay, great. Thanks. So anyway, what I wanted to point out, and I know this from experience, um, there's a certain type of person that is cool with you while you're entertaining to them. You could be entertaining in a number of ways. Like you could be entertaining them via funny videos music, sports, whatever. You're tolerated as long as you are interesting and amusing. But as soon as you hit that point where you are no longer interesting and amusing to them, that certain type of person will turn on you, 
quickly and they will band together to freeze you out. This commonly happens in groups where there's only one person of a different race or culture and they're, you know, they're cool with this group of other people as long as they comply, as long as they are entertaining and as long as they're non-problematic. But as soon as they start to speak up or they say something that is not so entertaining, that's when the switch flips. I've seen it many times. I've experienced it even more times. And that's why I think it's important to surround yourself with the right kind of people. I think this situation is an example, albeit mild, of how I think black people should be careful in spaces where they're the only black person around. Because, I mean, you are tolerated at first, yes, until you're not. And then that's when the entire dynamic changes. Kira was cool with them folks until she wasn't. And then they flipped on her. But that's just my two cents. Anyway, (laughs) this next section, I wanted to do something a little more lighthearted. I started this actually on my Instagram as a worst line Wednesday kind of thing. And I was posting it real heavy at first because I was finding content like left and right. And then it slowed down a little bit because I stopped finding as much content. So now it's like, every once in a while when I post it. And I decided, why not do it here? I've never actually read them out loud. So let's see if I can get through them without barfing into this mic. Um, And in case you were unaware, smut gives me the ick, okay? All of the stupid names that authors use for lady bits and man bits, it's all the worst. I hate it, can't stand it. If you like it, then I love that for you. But as for me, I immediately cringe. Okay, so I just wanted to bring some of the lines that made me cringe the hardest. Some of these lines um, might be from books that you've read before. And if you are listening and you know of some lines that I could add that absolutely suck, then feel free to send them to my email or send them to me on Instagram. I'd love to read them up here. Just make sure you include the book with it, okay? P.S. Like I said, Some of these lines may be from books that you recognize. Some of these lines may also be taken out of context, but the point is that it's an awkward line. Plus it's all in fun. So if you hear your favorite book in here, don't come for me. Relax, unclench, it'll be fine. Anyway, shake your shoulders off, grab a drink, and let's get into it. Okay, so worst lines in literature. Pray for me as I get through these, okay? For the first one we have, Mom rushes around the table and hugs me. I'll be back tomorrow, cubby bear, she whispers in my ear. Mom, don't call me that, I'm in jail. I push the words through gritted teeth, trying not to let anyone hear me. That's a little tidbit from The Perfect Marriage by Geneva Rose. Y'all already know that I despise that book. And there's a lot of ridiculous lines in here, but this one I remember specifically while I was reading it, I was like, bruh, you cannot be serious. People don't talk this way. And if they do, then there's a reason why we're not talking. (laughs) But yeah, let's move to the next one. Her rump twitched in irritation at the wasted effort. This is from The Summer Country by James A. Hetley. Now, I've heard that people do a lot of weird things when frustrated or irritated, but this is the first that I'm hearing of someone's rump twitching to express emotion. Like, are we twerking our frustrations out? 
Like, do your butt cheeks clap when you're sad? Like, how does how does this work? <laughs> Please, someone explain this to me. The next one we have is the tight globes of his bubble butt moved like poetry. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> this one. <laughs> okay. This one is from Make It Sweet by Kristen Callahan. And every time someone says bubble butt, I keep thinking about that song. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, bubble butt. Bubble, 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 butt. That that one? Y'all, no? Just me? Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> she had massive alluring breasts that moved in reverse rhythm when she walked. Jesus, why did I say I was going to do this on this episode? Why? <laughs> okay. And this one is from, it's kind of a funny story by Ned Vizini. Vizini? I really don't know what to do with this one, to be honest. Uh, maybe my boobs aren't big enough to move in reverse rhythm when I walk. Does this mean that, like, would that mean that they're, like, flapping behind you? Like a flower dress? Or, like, a flowy one? D- do they enter the, the room, like, f- seconds after you do? Like, the rest of you is already in the room and then your boobs come flapping in later? Like, am I just doing it wrong? Like, how do they move in reverse? Does this mean they're supposed to like invert and sink into me only to reappear when I stop moving? Like I'm genuinely confused by this one and I really need someone to explain it to me. Please explain this. Next one. When she stopped crying, Madeline composed herself before the mirror. Her skin looked blotchy and her breasts, of which she was normally proud, had withdrawn into themselves as if depressed. By Jeffrey Eugenides. I guess this is his last name. I don't know. The book is called The Wedding Plot. Okay, so clearly one of two things are happening here. Either one, my boobs are broken because they don't withdraw into me when I'm depressed and they don't move in reverse rhythm. Either that or both of these last two were written by men who have no understanding of the female anatomy whatsoever. Please confirm. Are mine broken? Because they pretty much stay put when I cry. (laughs) So I really don't know. Are they supposed to be withdrawing into me? Are they supposed to be flapping behind me as I move? Am I just being a human wrong? The next one. I don't... Okay. (laughs) I don't even want to read it. These... I don't... But like... Okay. Let me just do it. Okay. But my pulsing Polly Pocket down low says you should and you can. This is in Step Hero by Danny Wyatt. And see, this is what I be talking about. This right here. This is why I hate reading smut. Because why would you ruin a child's toy like this? Why is it referred to as a pulsing Polly Pocket? First of all, say that five times fast, okay? And secondly, like... You mean to tell me that you sat in front of your computer, typed the sentence out, and decided to keep it? Not only that, but the editor didn't get a hold of it and ask you, like, baby, what was the reason? Nobody spotted this before it was sent to print? Nobody at all? Like, I don't know what's worse, like the line itself or the fact that multiple people decided it was acceptable. Like a pulsing Polly Pocket? I want better for you. I, re- I really do. I really do. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite things about doing these because it really brings into perspective 
these real stupid lines that some of these authors be using. And it shows you that even like the most popular books can say things that make you go like, ooh, wait a minute, what? Because <laughs> I mean, if you come up to me and call call my lady parts a pulsing poly pocket, I'm gonna have to fight you. It, it, we just gonna have to fight. It is what it is. <laughs> like square up, get ready. We're gonna fight. Like I just, it just flummoxes me because it's like, how do y'all read this? Because I know in when writing, you you give your books multiple passes. Like you look over them multiple times to the point where you memorize the story pretty much. And you mean to tell me that you looked at this line multiple times and was like, yup, there we go. That's it. That's the one. That is the one. Like nobody told you to take that out. At this point, I, I think you should just question your entire social circle because what in the world? And like, why do male authors be so obsessed with the way a woman's breasts move? Like, this confuses me. But maybe it's not for me to understand. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, these are just a few of the lines that made me stop and do a double take. I have more, but we'll save that for another episode. Well, now it's time for the short story section. The last episode, I read a story that I had written called Retribution, and I got a lot of feedback on it. So I decided to release chapter two for your listening pleasure. So without further ado, Retribution, chapter two. Ha! (laughs) Okay, I rhymed. That was fun. Anyway, let's get into it. Molly? What is wrong with you? My sister looked like she had seen a ghost. She didn't answer my question right away, just continued to stare with her mouth open, almost as if she was frozen in place. Her skin had taken on a grayish tint, like she was going to be sick. I'd never seen a black woman look so pale in my life. Something was amiss between these two. A lover's quarrel, perhaps? Maybe she didn't expect him to be back from California so soon. I mean, that would make two of us. I had expected to get some time to myself, but these two idiots standing here gaping at each other made that impossible. I was beginning to feel a bit suffocated. I waved a hand in front of Molly's face to get her attention. She snapped out of whatever trance he had her in and smiled sheepishly at me. Oh, um, he he just scared me is all. I, I, I thought you were, I thought you were supposed to be in California. I'm so, sorry about that. Right. Kendrick was just about to explain himself before you came over. So what exactly happened again? I turned to my husband and crossed my arms. If I wasn't going to get the personal space that I was promised so I could think, I at least wanted to know why. He came down the last few steps and entered the kitchen to grab a drink. I watched as he poured himself a glass of water, obviously trying to come up with a viable excuse. Next to me, Molly stood stiff, staring at Kendrick in confusion as he moved around the kitchen. I missed my flight, I told you that, he replied, taking a casual sip. The muscles under his shirt flexed with the movement. Molly swallowed, loud and dramatic, behind me, like one of those cartoon gulps. I wanted to smack her, but I didn't. Instead, I shifted my gaze back to Kendrick, irritated that he was being so cavalier about the situation. 
I would have to beg him to spend time with me before this, but now that I wanted space, he was right up under me. Typical. Okay, but why? And where have you been for almost 24 hours if that's the case? I asked. His gaze shifted back to my sister. He watched her silently, amusement all over his face. Molly looked white as a sheet and ready to puke at any minute. After a beat, Kendrick looked back at me and shrugged. I've been out. Had to take care of a few things. Can I have some of that? He nodded towards the ice cream sitting on the counter. I glanced over at Molly, because she was the one that brought it in, but I don't even think she heard the question. She was too busy staring at him like he'd grown three heads. What was this girl's problem? I cleared my throat, which made her jump. Is it cool if he has some ice cream? I repeated to her. Sure! Her response was friendly, but sounded forced, as if she was trying to fake being positive like nothing was wrong. I rolled my eyes and went to sit down on the couch. I really did not have the energy to deal with either one of them at this moment. I just wanted to relax after work and be by myself for a second. Is that too much to ask? The fact that these two just couldn't give me that space was incredibly irritating. I'm realizing now that Kendrick was most likely at Molly's place instead of getting on a flight to California like we had agreed. I have no idea why I even trusted him to be honest for once. He would lie about his own identity if he felt there was something to gain from it. As I grabbed the remote to turn on Netflix, I wanted to keep watching the documentary I had started the night before. I heard Molly clear her throat nervously. Hey, uh, Kendrick, can I talk to you for a second? She asked. I figured they would sneak off to the guest bedroom and have a discussion while I pretended to watch TV. But to my surprise, Kendrick shook his head and sat down next to me on the couch. No thanks. Matter of fact, you can go if you like. I can take it from here. Thanks for the ice cream. Now it was my turn to stare. He'd never turned her down like that before. I did my best to pretend like I couldn't hear their conversation. A moment later, I felt the couch cushion shift as Kendrick sat down next to me. His skin felt colder than the ice cream Molly had brought. Uh, sis, can can we um can can we talk in the kitchen? Molly's voice was strained, like she's trying her hardest to remain calm. Whatever the two of them had going on, I didn't want any parts in it. I had no interest in participating. I wanted to be done with all of them. I wanted to move away and start fresh in another city without this embarrassment of a marriage hanging over my head. Clark? The urgency in her voice turned my stomach, but I bit back my irritation and stood up. What is it? I asked when we were out of earshot. Molly still looked pale and jumpy, like she had seen a ghost lurking in the house somewhere. Who is that? She hissed, jerking a thumb in Kendrick's direction. I stared at her for a moment, unsure of what she was actually asking me. What are you talking about, Molly? I asked, crossing my arms and glaring at her. I'm really not in the mood for games. If you- This is not- She paused and glanced back towards the living room. This is not a game! We stood looking at each other. The silence stretched out between us. Her expression grew more frantic and panicked with each passing second. I waited for her to speak, but when she didn't, I threw my hands up in exasperation and turned to head back into the living room. Milo reached out and grabbed my wrist. Her grip was surprisingly tight. For God's sake, what is wrong with you? I snapped, snatching my wrist away. The ice cream sat on the counter aside from the small corner that Kendrick had taken for himself. It was virtually untouched. I didn't want any ice cream. But I will admit that it was a bit odd that he did. Up until now, he used to claim that ice cream made him too cold. 
He said he preferred warmer desserts. Clark, uh, does Kendrick have a brother? Maybe a, a twin? She asked in a hoarse whisper. Her eyes darted from me to the living room and back. Kendrick does technically have a brother, one that I've never met. He claims they were estranged because of some issue they had when they were younger. I never pressed because it really never felt like my business. Surprised Molly didn't know this, since she had been with him first. Yes, he does, I replied, watching her closely. A thin sheen of sweat had gathered on her forehead. Her hands were beginning to shake, and she continued to avert her gaze. If I could guess, if I knew my sister the way I thought I did, I'd say she was guilty of something. Something big. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what's going on, she whispered, nodding to herself. I waited, growing increasingly more impatient. Sister, I need you to trust me, she said, finally meeting my eyes. I scoffed involuntarily. Trust you, I sneered. You can't be serious. My tone surprised her, I could tell. She had no idea that I knew about her and Kendrick. It was a bit insulting, if I'm completely honest, because the two of them were sloppy and barely made the effort to hide things. I have to be completely oblivious to not notice what was happening. I have to be completely blind not to notice the sneaky side glances and the numerous times they were both unaccounted for at the same moment. Maybe they thought I was blind. We're sisters, right? I mean, why wouldn't you trust me? Molly asked. Hurt temporarily took over her expression. I wanted to roll my eyes and laugh, but instead I just stared at her. Did you... Did you know? Her voice was quiet. Of course I knew, Molly. I've always known. You couldn't help but try and steal what was rightfully mine. I hadn't meant to be that honest with her. Not now. Not when Kendrick was sitting not even five feet away. But it slipped out. Oops. Molly. I stared at Clark in shock. Steal what was rightfully hers? Did she not realize how much I had done to keep her safe? How much I had sacrificed? I had always looked after her whenever she needed me, no matter how many times she had stolen my boyfriend or ruined my life. I was always there for her. Always. I narrowed my eyes at her. Steal what was rightfully yours, I repeated, stunned. You do remember that he was with me first, right? And? That was years ago. He and I are married as if that makes any difference to you, Clark hissed. I was taken aback by her anger. I knew she had an issue with me, but to talk to me this way after everything I had done to protect her, it was too much. I looked down at my hands, noticing that they were trembling. When Kendrick had originally crawled back into my bed, I had jumped at the chance to get back at Clark for the way she had treated me so many times growing up. I used it as an opportunity to finally get my revenge, but it has spiraled out of control. You don't, you don't know what I've done, I whispered, staring down at my hands. I could still smell the coppery scent of blood all over my living room floor. My knees were still tender from scrubbing up the mess for hours. I was helping. I protected everyone. He was evil, but I fixed it, didn't I? I glanced back towards the living room, fear rising like bile in my throat. What have you done, Molly? Clark demanded. Her eyes narrowed as she looked at me. I could feel the distrust coming off her in waves. I swallowed, unsure of how much to tell her. If I didn't kill Kendrick, then I killed someone. 
Does that mean I killed an innocent person? Is there an innocent man's blood on my hands? Before I could speak, Hendrick appeared in the doorway. His eyes transfixed on me. I could feel them burning a hole in the side of my face, even though I refused to meet his gaze. What are you two in here whispering about? He asked, leaning against the doorframe. I stared up at Clark, trying to beg her with my eyes not to say anything. Molly was just about to tell me what she did, Clark replied, shifting her gaze back to me. I could see Kendrick fidget out of the corner of my eye, and when I dared chance to look in his direction, I saw that he was already staring at me. I flinched. Was she? He asked, staring directly at me. A knowing smile tugged at the corner of his mouth. Please, tell Clark what you did. The words immediately died in my throat. I shook my head, unable to meet either of their gaze, and unable to defend myself or my sister. I, I'm so sorry, I muttered. Alright, I've had enough of the games for one night. I really think you should just go. Thanks for the ice cream, said Clark. A sick feeling settled in the pit of my stomach. It didn't feel right leaving Clark here with this evil reincarnate. But what else could I do? If I admitted to murder, then that would put me in prison for the rest of my days. With the way Clark was glaring at me, I couldn't expect her to cover for me or even come to my rescue. Not like I would for her. And who would take care of my daughter? My baby? She couldn't be without her mother. She needed me. And whether Clark liked it or not, she needed me too. Even if she didn't want to admit it. Even if she would rather be alone than have anything to do with me. She needed me. I know it. Clark, I, I don't want to leave you alone. She won't be alone. I'm right here. Isn't that right, honey bun? Kendrick interrupted before she could answer. Something flickered in Clark's expression. But I didn't know what it was. Kendrick raised an eyebrow at me, and I glared at him, wishing I had the ability to fry him with just my eyes. If looks could kill, maybe he'd actually be dead this time. His lips stretched back into an evil grin that curdled my insides. I'll call you tomorrow, sis, said Clark. She visibly softened. I wanted to cry. I wanted to scream and yell and tell her not to trust this man standing in front of us, but how could I? How could I tell her what I had done? What he had done? Clark walked with me towards the front door, and before she could open it and gently push me out, I glanced back at Kendrick. He was preoccupied with looking down at his own hands. He coughed gently and a bit of dirt flew out of his mouth. I froze. Kendrick? I asked tentatively. Are you... I'm fine, he snapped, wiping his mouth. Dirt smudged on the back of his hand. Clark turned to look at him, confused. He looked like he was coughing up dirt and debris out of his lungs, which could only mean one thing. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't mistaken. I had done what I thought I did. I didn't imagine dragging his body out of my house and into the woods. I didn't imagine digging a hole to push him into and covering it up with dirt. I wasn't crazy. That had actually happened. Kendrick should be dead, but instead he's here staring at us while coughing up clumps of dirt into his hands. What I didn't understand, no matter how hard I tried to wrap my head around it, was how he was here when I had just seen his body before I came over. It was impossible for him to get all the way here on foot before I did in a car. Even if he somehow did manage to survive, none of this was making any sense. 
Clark held the door open and gave me a pointed smile. Please, I swallowed. Please be careful. Call me if anything weird happens, I whispered, squeezing her shoulder. God, you're being so weird. Get off me, she groaned. Her whiny voice sounded vaguely teenaged. I chanced one last look at Kendrick to see him wink at me from over Clark's shoulder. This was definitely Kendrick, and the body I had left in the backyard of my house was Kendrick too. So how did he get out? That's all we have time for today, guys. <laughs> what did you think? Let me know. Head over to my blog at www.thebookiebabe.com and poke around a little bit, read some stuff, rate some stuff. Make sure you rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're using. You can follow, like, or leave a message at Lauren's Library Podcast on Instagram. P.S. I try to leave interactive polls and voting at the end of each episode just so I can get an idea of what you guys like and don't like and, you know, what I what you want more of. So, you know, if you get a chance, participate in my little poll. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you didn't like. But be nice to me, okay? Thank you. I'm sensitive. <laughs> also, tell a friend to tell a friend about Lawrence Library, okay? I'm trying to get a certain point where I can host ads and put a little extra coin in my pocket. Being an adult is expensive. Y'all know this. So help a girl out. Share, share, share. Threaten to withhold Christmas or birthday presents until they subscribe. No, I'm kidding. But am I? Okay, yes, I'm kidding. I won't be responsible for you severing relationships. Anyway, you can also find me posting detailed reviews on the bookie babe underscore on Instagram and on TikTok. But bear with me, your girl is still new up there. All the transition giving me whiplash. And honestly, I have been so behind on posting videos because life be lifing, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to come back. Don't leave me. Be patient. I promise I'll be back. <laughs> so I said all that to say, if you want to say hello, there are multiple ways to contact me. So take your pick, but one way or another, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Bye guys.